0: In conclusion, I would say the defense rests, but we will never rest, not until this election is overturned, or I get a full pardon and $10 million in cash. And if you like what you saw here today, we're having a press conference right after this at the Ritz-Carlton Plumbing and Heating Supply Company, right off I-94, between a dirty movie theater and a crematorium. Pets not only allowed, they're required. Thank you, Mr. Giuliani. No, no.
1: Thank
2: you. And, and live from, from New York, York it's, Saturday! it's Saturday Night Live with Dan Martin featuring AJ Patton and the nurse. Now your host, Bob Pantalo. Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Patlow. Yeah, what's up? Oh my gosh, I got the the Chappelle standing ovation this time from you guys. Last time I was wildly booed. Welcome back, guys. We got a great show for y'all tonight. Dan Martin and AJ Patner here. Stick around. We'll be right back. And we're back. What's up, guys? What up, dude? What is So Dan and AJ the last time you guys were on your pod on this podcast was the first time you were ever on this podcast and we talked about the first month which was October of Saturday Night Live and based on this intro if our listeners weren't able to deduct we are going to be recapping the four episodes that have most recently aired so there was only one episode of SNL that aired in November and that was the post-election Dave Chappelle episode. And then there were three episodes in December. There was Timothy Chalamet, there was-
1: Jason Bateman.
2: Jason Bateman, exactly, and there was Kristen Wiig. So today we're gonna just do a little recap. We're gonna give our feelings on how these most recent four episodes have gone We're going to choose an employee of the month, what cast member we thought had the best month, in our opinion. We're going to pick our favorite host in general, and we're going to talk about some of our favorite bits. So to get us started today, this evening, how have you guys felt about the last month of SNL? So we have the holidays. It was very holiday-heavy. Obviously, post-election, we got the vaccine coming out. What were some of your thoughts and feelings in this space? Dan, go ahead.
1: Uh, yeah, I thought it was a pretty strong month. I thought, like, Dave Chappelle, honestly, was, is going to be hard to compete with as a host. And I thought uh, Jason Bateman played a great straight man. I thought, in general, just the whole cast. I mean, just the last four episodes are really strong, especially with kind of rounding out the election. That was, like, a hard time. And they kind of started to transition away from the political jokes. And I've, I'm ready for that
2: okay AJ how are you feeling uh
0: I mean it felt like these episodes kind of felt like so much lighter than the month before like I think you could definitely especially in that Chappelle episode because I mean right I think they announced the election results directly after the Chappelle episode and you could just there was a certain lightness to everybody's mood in that that was it was the only one I watched live too and I remember at the time thinking like oh this feels so different this feels like it, it just the the whole mood was just a, a little bit lighter which I was welcome to me uh, I really appreciated that uh,
2: yeah it's hard to remember because we're, we're recording later the the next episode isn't even coming out for a while so there's these huge gaps in between episodes that we've been working with but that Saturday morning is when CNN and all the major Broadcasts officially said Joe Biden was the president, so that night was particularly electric because they had just officially made the announcement, and then they parodied that uh, pr- pretty much live uh, on on SNL, just kind of the the hype
0: around it. Right? It was just such a underlining moment of like, uh, regardless, like Chappelle was going to be the, the perfect host for that that mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Uh, Regardless of what had happened in the election I think like Chappelle was that guy You felt very like instantly I was like This guy's taking care of us It was nice, it was really nice Yeah
2: I think Chappelle's a really good place to start Not just because it was the first one in order of the episodes that came out but but also the most culturally significant and i guess to to echo dan and and dan was saying it feels good that we're transitioning away from some of the political weight and we're even seeing obviously Alec Baldwin is fading away. Uh, they they took Jim Carrey out and Alex Moffat started to come in and and they had a mm-hmm. pretty funny bit about the Colonel Sanders and, and next time you guys see Joe Biden, I'll be played by Mario Lopez. But they, you're starting to kind of see things get back to normal a little bit and it really felt that SNL was feeling the pressure of the political moment and they felt that they had to rise to it. And I still feel, I guess my first feeling around this is that they they missed a big opportunity with with the political sketches and it got to be grating and it got to be redundant and I I just think they missed and failed with the political sketches. It this is the most wild time politically in my lifetime, and all of the political stuff that they were rolling out it was toothless. It was boring. It it never seemed to match what was happening and and I guess that's hard to parody something that's so outrageous in the first place. But they, they just, it, it never, they never got it, in my opinion. And so much so that we're like, okay, let's just do something else. Let's just move off of politics completely. But really, if they were hitting with the satire, it it could have been some incredible opportunity for some social commentary if it was in the hands of the correct writers and correct performers. That's a, at least where I first wanted to start with. But you know, Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. comes out and he was the guy who was there and he was a voice of at least trying to comfort everyone when Trump won the election in 2016. And so it's just full circle. It's very fitting that he's here, uh, but with a really different tone in uh, 2020 with his monologue. And his monologue, I believe, was 16 minutes long and was the longest Saturday Night Live monologue that's ever been done. I mean, 16 minutes for SNL in an opening monologue is gnarly.
1: Primetime real estate.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just bold as hell. And also cool on Lauren Michaels for saying, hey man, take as much time as you want. We'll figure out the rest of the show. But what did you guys think of Chappelle's monologue in detail?
1: The the longer I've sat with it, the more it's kind of resonated with me. Like he did take that moment to like calm everybody down and like you were on his time, you know, he was telling jokes on his time, really utilizing like, like he was not rushed. I mean, in like, it almost felt like a, a monologue disconnected from SNL completely because even when he ended it, he was like, thank you. He didn't announce a musical guest.
2: Yeah. yeah. You know,
1: he was just like, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he was a little disconnected from, a show but really connected with like the viewership so I the longer it sat with me and I'm not like a Dave Chappelle guy I never like watched the Dave Chappelle show growing up and so he was not like an icon for me like I know he is for you Mm -hmm. but that kind of uh you know it was great and it's you know I mean it changed Netflix he made that joke about you know not getting paid in Netflix and his stuff got pulled right away you know it's like that's power
0: yeah yeah I mean like kind of like I was saying a little bit before it just set the tone I think for the whole show and it felt much more like I don't even know it it felt more live than SNL normally feels right Mm -hmm. like it was such a moment and like I think like having a guy like Chappelle on who was not afraid to like allow the moment to be bigger than like the show in that time I think was really awesome and just in general I think that like of the like the four and this is maybe jumping the shark a little bit I do feel like Sketch-wise, the Chappelle one was probably the weakest. Yeah, there wasn't a ton going on there, but I still loved watching it because you could just again, you saw all these people who have been like, kind of like you were saying. Like, I think there was a lot of pressure on SNL, everybody. I think in general in media, but certainly SNL because of the the political angle that they always bring to the show. I think there was like a lot of pressure on people just to like say something and to like see people on the other side. Feel like they had space to like maybe just be funny um mm-hmm. and even if again even if it wasn't like not my favorite episode of even of these four but it was so the lightness of the whole entire show was like refreshing and uh. so great and i do think Chappelle did it like that's all on Chappelle for the monologue i think Chappelle just yeah. kind of like he kicked back and he just like sat in it and it was rad i think it was really great
2: he so it's really interesting and and Dan talks about my affection for Dave Chappelle and I really think he's one of my, not just favorite comedians, but favorite people in entertainment right, right now and probably forever. And this monologue, I think it's, I don't even want to call Dave Chappelle a stand-up comedian because that monologue really isn't stand-up. And he even says in there a little bit that I've got to put punchlines on this stuff in order for you guys to listen to me. I can't just talk to you guys. I've got a couple. I I've, I've watched this monologue getting ready for today three or four times, and that, that part always sticks out to me. He's like, I've got to I've got to tell punchlines in order for you guys to listen to me. And really, what he's been trying to do the last couple years, whether it was his YouTube special that came out after George Floyd. He's posting a lot of things of these, of these kind of talk sessions. They're not stand-up. They're just performance art of him sharing his opinions. And he's transcending comedy. And, mm. you know, he starts that monologue with an exhale. And he lets everyone know he's nervous. And I, and I feel it. I think that was an honest moment where he says, I'm nervous. First of all, it's live. That's, there's a challenge yeah. there. It's live. Second of all, SNL is not necessarily his target audience. So that's probably, it's probably tough saying some of the shit he says in that monologue. an SNL audience and knowing the people on the other side of that camera you know a lot of those people might find it hard some of the words that he's going to say but he's going to say it and it's really a time in stand-up comedy and and Kevin Hart has said this uh, a few different times but you know it's stand-up is compromised or challenged and it's put comedians in a place where they're compromised in being able to say what they feel is funny and it's, it's scary because everything is cancel culture right now. And Dave Chappelle just doesn't care. He refuses to play that game. And everything he's going to say is timely. It's relevant, but he's going to say it as comedy because he doesn't feel like he's coming out there against anybody. He doesn't feel like he's being malicious or attacking everybody, but he's going to say things that are present and he's going to say things that are real. And, and I think it, at least for me, I want people to be comfortable with Dave Chappelle coming out and just speaking to us as one of the greatest public speakers that we have and not telling punchlines on things. Like I, I really don't think he needs to do it anymore if he doesn't want to. And so, you know, he's really playing at a different level than, than someone that I love, like Mulaney or John, or Bill Burr. Yeah. You know, it's just like those guys are comedians, and they're telling Joe. Like Dave Chappelle's not doing stand up. Does that make sense to you guys?
0: Oh, to- and like this is maybe getting bigger than SNL, but like I mean, Dave Ch- Chappelle is kind of transcending comedy right now in a in a crazy way that and, and has been, I think, doing it for a long time. To walk away from Chappelle's show when it was yeah. like at peak Chappelle's show, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like to like do all that and to like. Set like, I mean, he set the table for Key and Peel in like an unbelievable way, and like that was such a huge show. And like, this dude is just, and, and even then, right, his whole thing was like, l- Listen to me, you know what I mean? Like, listen yeah. to the things I'm saying, don't just like laugh at stuff and then laugh at it for like whatever your reason is, or, or like twist it into something that it isn't, you know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. and he's he's stuck clear to that. And like, I mean, he's the like I said, he's the guy, he was the guy for this moment on SNL, but he's like. He's doing some pretty exciting things, I think, like on the front lines of stand-up comedy, you know what I mean? And like, Mm -hmm. it it is because it's more conversation, you know, it is, people want more of that conversation, you know what I mean, like, and he's facilitating that so much.
1: Yeah, I also think to your point that these political sketches hadn't been hitting and partly I think because the political climate is is like almost too hard to satirize. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's the, the expectations are too great but like Dave Chappelle really did live up to that moment. Like, I don't think there's many people who walked away from that disappointed. And it was just like an intimate conversation that like just, you know, we're all still yeah. thinking
2: about. And it's, it, and he does still have some great jokes in the in the bits, or he really rings the towel out mm-hmm. on some of the concepts. Some of the ones that I really liked were when he talked about, when Donald Trump got, coronavirus it was like freddie mercury when he got aids it's like no one's asking well how did he get it like we we all know how he got it. and then he talks about chris christie getting it and and basically everything that chris christie has inside of him that's like all the fixins for for coronavirus i thought that bit was so funny but the one that just killed me the one that i was just dying at was when he was talking about the people yelling at him about his concerts in the cornfields in ohio and he talks about the zoom call and he's like these are farmers he's like these are people that would go to FarmersOnly.com, that app where you <laughs> only go if you only want to smash farmers like that's gross like these that app is for people that only want to hook up with farmers like oh <laughs> 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 uh, i just and obviously dave chappelle does it significantly better than i do but so, so there was some 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 good laughs in there. He he told a, a sexist joke, which uh, he ended up going. Lauren, I thought this was a, a comedy show, but I was like, I don't know, Dave, that that one just didn't play for me. But overall, he was there for that monologue and to I think all of us are saying the rest of that episode was was pretty disappointing. I think he kind of just hung back and he wanted to focus on what he was going to say in that 16 minutes, and then everything else he it's just kind of sprinkled in. Um, there were some other. Bits, some random bits in this episode that I did like that didn't have to do with Dave Chappelle. Was there anything else in the episode that you guys wanted to highlight before I say these? uh
0: The big one for me was uh, was Dave Chappelle, and this is Dave Chappelle, but it was like his Allstate guy. I thought was that yeah, caught me that off guard true. in that such good. a beautiful way. It felt like old Dave Chappelle, to, like it felt like yeah. Chappelle's show. You know what I mean? Like when that happened, and I was just like. And I think that was the second sketch, right? Second sketch?
2: Yeah, so he he Mm kind of almost Chappelle Show style sets up the next sketch saying there's a couple people that lost their jobs because of this. And he kind of somberly sets up the next sketch and it transitions right into Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben losing losing their spokesmanship and then you know he comes in as the all-state guy with the voice modulator which is was just <laughs> was insane. wacky and then pete davidson comes out as count chocula and he has some sort of like yeah like look at pete davidson's lips like it looks like count lips. <laughs> <laughs> which was which was a pretty good bit but yeah that that was a funny little just kind of palette cleanse right you just got out of this this heavy monologue and you just get this wacky mm-hmm. cartoon character sketch basically
1: uh, you know, the only thing to shout out, I think, is uh, Jim Carrey's last um, Biden. And he went out with the, the loser that got a whole bunch of laughs. Mm-hmm. The classic L- The loser. Yeah. And he really milked that. But
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's super Jim Carrey. Satisfying. Milky, yeah. milky. Yeah. yeah, that was nice. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted it. So a couple other ones that I really liked were Beck Bennett has this boyfriend sketch where he's begging Ego Wodem to take him back. <laughs> And he just it keep, just keeps getting more and more absurd. And then he's like, "I always used protection. When we were together." And she's like, "You never used a condom, but I always had a gun." And it just <laughs> it got like crazier and crazier. That and of course he's gotta he's gotta run from the police at the end. And she's like, "Oh, I love him." But I, I really liked that sketch. It just it was just absurd. It was kind of it was the transition out of this political landscape. Even that that sketch with Count Chocolate we were talking about was was laced with with political undertones even though it was silly but that was the first kind of like random silly one that had nothing to do with politics at all uh so so i really like that and then we we talk about kyle mooney on here love him or hate him but he has this bit with the first time he got mario him and mikey day and that he smashed his testicles and they popped (laughs) and it's this like setup for for super mario but he's just keep talking about how he popped his testicles i don't know that was worth a chuckle I love a good
0: simple premise that you just uh, like throw out and just like beat the yeah. shit out of it. You know what I mean? Like just go for it. There's nothing highbrow. You're not trying to hide it. I pop yeah, they, my like, testosterone. Literally <laughs>
2: popped my testicle. It's like smooth in front. He was in the hospital for eight months. Yeah, got infected. I don't know. It just got weirder and weirder. It was it was super immature. And uh, Keenan, they kept there, there. was a great bit where they would always cut to Keenan next, and he'd be like. I don't want to follow these dudes. What? I, how many times do I have to say I don't want to follow <laughs> these dudes? So that that one was okay, but, but was overall, uh, a, a subpar episode after the monologue. But the monologue is probably what we're going to be talking about next year. You know.
0: Yep. Yeah, I think they did a good job on weekend update. Um, I felt like it was a solid update coming back. It was probably the only thing like uh, on the show outside of again the monologue that I. Mm-hmm did enjoy you know what i mean and but again it also like they can talk about what what's on everybody's mind and they can also kind of like move around with it and i just like che and uh i know you're a big um, jose guy colin jose yeah i i like che much more than J- che, uh just doesn't do much for me without che Yeah, uh, I, I always feel i i don't know if this is fair or not but i'm
2: always basically saying who won update whether it's che or jost yeah. and i always feel like i give it to che I must have a bias then in that case, but I, I I I'm getting kind of tired of the just the rapport there. And I know a lot of people really like them. It's a it's a it's a give or take, and I'm probably in the minority. But I am I am feeling we're coming to the end of the the Che Jost. You can only do the trade jokes thing so many times before it's like okay, I'm a hater. I'm a little bit of a hater. But the the update was okay. It, I I'm just becoming less and less thrilled with it as we go along.
0: That's fair. I, I mean, like I said, I don't think, not a big Just fan before Che started hosting with them. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of like now that Joe's kind of has become the heel. Like as much yeah. as like uh, Che does kind of like ruffle the feathers, like it's almost always at Joe's yeah. expense. And I, I like that. I love that. So it's like, I, as you're, you're like, who won? It's like, I don't think there's I don't want Colin Jost to win literally ever. I want like to <laughs> every point. time walk out of update and be like, let me watch Michael Che just like be the funnier person on it's this. It's by and, design. Like, yeah. It is 100% by design. And I do think if they had started at the same time, we this would feel different because Jost just I think used a lot of his like goodwill when it was just him and people are like you're the waspiest dude i've ever seen in my entire life (laughs) we need
2: to we need to get someone completely different on here to even this thing out yeah so let's transition into jason bateman and i think it was dan that said he had a straight man energy and that was that was a nice tone dan do you want to elaborate on that a little bit
1: yeah, I mean, I think he just kind of played the role of, like, the super classic SNL host. Like, plug him into a sketch, and he will let the weirdos be the weirdos, and he will let, like, he just is a role filler. Yeah. And, and for that, it was, like, some good sketches that surrounded him.
2: hmm So, this was also the first time Cecily came back. So they really tried to use her a bunch in this episode. They were like, Cecily's back. You're in everything. But they, this was the one where they opened up with them parading everyone up to talk about the the ballots and in the courtroom and Rudy Giuliani's farting. Yeah. All those bits. But Cecily comes in as the crazy chick with the beehive hair from michigan that is like the crazy person that's been th- i've been threatened my kids have been threatened my kids have threatened me but uh,
1: after david
2: yeah my after david. david you sign it after david but <laughs> so that was a, a decent cold open i actually of all the
0: political ones that one was solid i truly i watched it and i was like this is the best cold open snl has done in a minute mm-hmm. uh mm. like and again it was still in that political space but it was like, they let the cast carry it. They didn't like rely on Carrie and Baldwin and yeah. Rudolph. It was like, everybody was in there. It was like all hands on deck. Like Kate and Cecily totally carried that, who are like, those are the people who should be carrying sketches in these at this point on the cast, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, and they did great. And like, whatever, Mikey Day was vanilla Mikey Day, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Such I don't shorts. mind Mikey Day. I, I like Mikey special, Day. Yeah.
2: He he gets paired with with Kyle Mooney a lot. They're clearly buddies. They're collaborators. So I think some other bits that that stood out to me outside of the opening bit were Stan Pete Davidson does this Santa Stan remix. That was that was pretty good. what did you like about that, Dan?
1: I mean, it's just obviously playing to my heartstrings as a little Michigan Eminem fucking fan. Yeah that like just got me and it was just the most topical ps5 they could just milk the ps5 stuff at that time
2: Mm -hmm. all day long then you got eminem at the end showing up and and doing a little video bit why not right the one that i loved it might go down as one of my favorite sketches of the entire season but the uh 10 minutes to one Kyle Mooney's "Killing the Bit" song. "Killing the Bit", Killin Bit was—I have that in my favorite sketch. Oh my god, "Killing the Bit" cut two, and it's just this <laughs> asshole that, that killed me. God, it's—it's it's a thousand-pound
1: buffalo wing. Who's in the corner?
2: <laughs> it's basically AJ, right? But he did honestly. I watched it. and I was like, this so gets too close to home. <laughs> it's just like, hey man, you don't have to. You don't have to be funny. You can just be cool, right, and then <laughs> what does
0: he leave? he loses his mind at the end, he like smashes
2: <laughs>
0: smashes everything he, like throws he's like throws a beer at him yeah. he just like he's like I'm, i guess I'll go kill him the bit
2: he gets the one joke, and I just hit the bit oh, uh, it was really I thought that was a great, and he's it's a just a, another goofy they really use him for when when you need a mindless immature. Goofy sketch. They they go to that guy, and I thought that one delivered for sure, especially for us yeah.
0: shitty comedians. Right? I was I was there for it. Yeah. I know. I'm surprised you said that because Santa in the bubble is. Oh yeah, that's my kind of really show, baby. I, lo- oh, physical I love physical
1: comedy, baby.
0: Oh, I love. Oh yeah, give me like a good physical bit and <laughs> just like ri- <laughs> like ride it to the ground, oh. man. I loved that. I as soon as I realized. That they were uh, gonna be doing that, I was like so locked in for that. It was sketch. so
1: fucking
2: lame.
0: <laughs> oh, I love I loved every, With That half
1: deflated okay. ball.
2: Yeah. Do you yeah. think that the ball was deflating on purpose, or do you think it was just no. a prop gone wrong?
1: I think it was, I think prop it was a gone. prop
2: gone wrong. Yeah. <laughs> she's trying to <laughs> she's trying to still do it. Uh, I was just like hurt. <laughs> I was. That was one of the ones where I was watching through my fingers because I was like, "Oh no, this is <laughs> just not." Hitting. It's. Uh, it's it, I mean, if if you're there for it, if it, if that's your thing, Santa rolling around. It was
0: for. It was for sure like a little stilted, and there were it, like it could have like flown a little better. Yeah, but it felt sloppy th- didn't th- it? Yeah, but I think that's why um, I was like okay. Like I was so down with somebody in that room just being like let's put these guys in like snow clothes and then just let them try to do it yeah yeah it was like and those are always my you know after midnight is always going to be where i or (laughs) where the things that i like come in and it's usually the dumbest thing and truly that was my favorite one i also appreciate a good uh uh musical guest in one of the the numbers which we had two of this month uh, and so the uh, the Morgan Whalen like time oh, travel I I like was that. like nice. It 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 could have been better, um, but I appreciated well, it. And I liked the actor. Sp- very bad. He was very so bad, bad. But I like. But I like that. Like that makes like, again. That makes me feel like I'm there watching SNL. <laughs> like it I've was a little endearing. Me, like, yeah. It it reminds and, me and of the like end, there was like a little bit of like a shoulder shake mm-hmm. like of yeah. him and he felt re- you could tell he liked it and I was like yeah. that felt good that was that's part of it you know it it reminds me
2: of in high school when there's like a show at the end of the year there's like a dance show or something and like the funny people in school have to work with the, the football player like the popular football guy and it's like we'll just you just stand there and we'll give you three lines and we'll just we'll try to make it happen around you but people are just gonna like the fact that you're out here because it was just, it, <laughs> he was so uncomfortable just in his own skin. It looked like he wanted to get off stage as soon as possible to me. But he, uh, I mean, it, it was a, a good especially sport. the context. Yeah. It was kind of one of those, oh, he's a good sport for doing that. that that's kind of yeah. the sentiment
0: that was in my house at least. Totally. And I thought it was a good, I thought, I mean, I think top to bottom Bateman did a pretty awesome yeah, job in this I agree. show. It was I a, think he was super, I wrote down, I was like, this guy was well cast top to bottom i don't think there was a single sketch that i saw him in that he didn't show up and that he didn't just like do fine but that i think he did well in everything yeah it was an understated performance it was
2: restrained and it's it's probably not going to be the one that everyone talks about or goes and runs to but overall just consistency you're able to enjoy the episode
0: so let's get into amazing oh go ahead one more thing about bateman it's just amazing to watch this dude not change his thing like he was doing you know what i mean like he was almost the same he was the same guy as ozark he was the same guy as rested development like he just even in the monologue like when he was doing his monologue i was so taken aback by how comfortable and how just like he's like himself he sounded you know what i mean like sometimes people are like out of their bodies and they don't seem like the person they are and baby was just like oh well so i'm doing the, you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it was just like that cadence and it was just like oh this is a guy who just has it man.
2: yeah it's he, a, he man, even his monologue he was just telling a personal story it was a, the story was a and at the end he does like and i had the monkey killed, but at, but he was just telling yeah. that the chimp story was just a personal story but yeah he's very he he's himself and make it work with whatever project you're doing but i i know how to do this and and it's gonna work right mm-hmm. so let's transition to timothy chalamet Probably, if we're looking at all of these, the one that made the least amount of noise for me. But he basically just hung out with Pete Davidson all night. Uh, Bruce yep. Springsteen was a nice surprise as the musical guest. We've had some really good musical Very guests good. in this run of four episodes. Uh, any Anything you guys want to call out here? For the Chalamet episode.
1: You know, tiny horse. <laughs> I gotta get
2: That's a weird sketch. That
1: was a weird fucking sketch, but it yeah, yeah. I've listened to that now like re- on repeat. It's like in my
2: head. What were they going for with that?
1: I think like a, a viral video just to try to get something. Like Timothy Chalamet is like instantly viral, and
0: you know, so it's like i him just being heart-wise. emotional about Yeah,
1: like anything.
0: Yeah. It was some weird like genre. It was just like a weird genre. Yeah, was, like, I was like, trying to like, figure out what like, the genre was supposed to be. It was like this, like right. It was like this, like western, like but like ra- like range western. You know what I mean? Like uh, sort of vibe. I felt like was the thing. Like we're gonna have to sell. Like that was the whole thing. We have to sell the farm, uh, yeah. and then just kind of like totally subverting that to this really odd, like that to me that was where all the the, the humor of it was was like this weird like genre, like bass line. And then we're just going to flip it and sing a song. And then we're the song is about a tiny horse. And then we're going to like white fang the tiny horse. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I like I feel like the, the idea for it came from uh, the, white fanging a tiny horse, okay. right? That I think it, if I had to guess, I think it, I would spark. say it was, you know what I mean? I would say it was, re- if I was reverse engineering it, I would say some, like somebody was like, get out of here, you tiny horse. <laughs> and they were it like, was... how do you make this work? <laughs> It
2: was so high concept that I was just squinting at the TV, trying to figure out what they're going for more than laughing at any sort of absurdity. That's, that's where I went. I was like, what the fuck is this supposed to be? Is this, am I in on the joke? I don't feel like I'm in on the joke. And so I ended up just giving up on it and calling it stupid. So
0: fun. I that think that's go. fair. I think I could go. I truly feel comfortable. Like it could get, like, if you hated that, I hear you. If you loved it, i hear you (laughs) yeah you can That
1: grew on me that
2: grew on me
0: okay well fuck you guys then
2: i loved the one that that killed me was the new lexus commercial and you see those fucking commercials every year with the bow and the guy comes out and he's like honey i bought you a new car but it's beck bennett and he's been unemployed since march of 2019 it was like, coronavirus had nothing to do with you getting laid off. <laughs> no. He's like, baby, I bought it for 4K. 0% APR. And they were like, you mean APR? What about the payment that you have to make? What? You seriously <laughs> thought that car was $4,000? <laughs> and then Mikey Day comes over. And he's like, you borrowed
0: $5,000 from me to buy your kid. you bought a fucking Lexus. Uh, the, the, you want, that, he's like, you wanted to make me look, you wanted to look cool in front of your son's girlfriend. <laughs> It was like so funny.
2: Is that, like, earring, is, like, is that why you the dad? Is
0: that way you pierced your ear? <laughs> oh man, that's so perfect. Like, is that we're we gonna return your this car no. right now.
2: So you could go buy Stephanie's first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he just like pulls out. He just pulls out the beer like as soon yeah. as he, <laughs> he us, like, it, too. it's just like it's 9 a.m. It was so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, was great, good. and it was like one of those. Well, and Beck does that thing really well, where they just like they just like they just throw stuff at him, and he just like reacts. He's like, Whoa! It up. <laughs> it's like yeah. every time is so good. It's very he, similar like,
2: to the the guy with the yeah. the crazy boyfriend in the yeah. Take Me Back.
1: Very similar sketches. It
2: keeps just getting crazier and crazier, but I'm for it. I
0: I loved it. the The Corona Christmas I didn't love when it started, but I do. I will say, worth it for those herpes jokes. Okay. I thought those were good. And for the Spanish flu. This, uh, Via, Via Senora had a nice episode here and yeah, I did dog was just her. Just like, oh, Come give me a kiss. i kill you. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, mmm.
2: well, she also comes back as Dolly Parton in the update. And I actually thought that was a pretty nice little bit as well. So she was Spanish flu and Dolly Parton. So I didn't, I didn't like her bit in October that she had on update, but I thought she had a pretty nice episode here. I feel like good.
0: that Dolly bit could have been a whole sketch. I feel like they did her a disservice.
1: We'll see that I again. Think
0: that could have...
2: You think so? I hope they're so. trying I'm it out. I'm nervous. Yeah,
1: definitely. Dolly Parton is also just like super trendy right now. They're gonna bring mm-hmm. her back.
0: Okay. That's why I don't know why she didn't, why they didn't do a Dolly thing. Like I, I do think there's a few weekend update sketches lately. That they can blow out into Agreed. full-on sketches, and they would do well. I think this is one, and I think um, Heidi Gardner's influencer from the next episode, oh, okay. which I't talked about yet, could have yeah. both been full sketches, and they would have been had, they would have been so great and such good uh, showcases for those two performers. I think we've
2: reached our quota already in December of talk shows though, or fake talk shows. Every yeah. episode has at least two fake talk shows and I'm so done with it. So as long as, if they're going to do a Dolly Parton sketch, don't be like Dolly Parton's talk show. And then you have six people come on. I mean, every episode, Chalamet, uh, there was mm-hmm. a, there was in the Chalamet episode. Um, oh, we're on Chalamet right now, but they had the, the one work. where, yeah, they come in or they had the one, yeah. Or the, one where uh, Chloe Feynman comes in playing oh yeah. Timothy Chalamet and it, I don't know, like those are fun sometimes, but it's like, man, you run them into the ground. There was two different, there's like a New York Jets talk show. There's a Dave Chappelle, two talk shows. I'm just done, I'm done with talk shows.
0: Uh, I beat that. Yeah, and that DM Warwick one was a little bit rough. Like just the way it was all put, it was just like a mashup of everybody's sort of yeah. like impressions and they nobody really got to do anything. And like I think it was also a situation where like uh egos uh Dion Warwick I think was pretty spot on and accurate, but I think it slowed everything down because yeah. it, was, it was like the the situation where like the the pacing it like the it, yeah it was a great, really awesome impression, but because it was so true to that that it just sort of slowed some yeah. stuff down, and the whole episode and that whole sketch I think was just slow from just like taking up a lot of space for this like very real but like Okay like Dion Warwick it wasn't like it's not that it wasn't funny it's just like there's it wasn't where a lot of the humor was yes. and then you got yeah, like it was. snapshots of everybody else's so then for so to my point you've got the Dion Warwick then you've got
2: the the rappers which i hated that sketch and i sure hated you guys that sketch it. the, the oh, fake rappers it. with him and pete davidson and then Ooh. you also got him and pete davidson as new york sports jets and like a yeah, sports, sports talk sports show. Max. Yeah. and it's like there's three in one episode it's too much man come up with something else even if it sucks i'd rather see some a shitty sketch that's at least not a uh, talk show
0: but yeah i mean yeah it is great. it's such a it's a format that's easy to use i do uh, yeah it's hard I loved the Jets one. I thought the Newsmax, Sportsmax was a really strong premise and like also so clear, like so easy to like, like we knew what we were like sending up in that whole thing. You know what I mean? It was very clear. And I just love a good like. It just felt
2: like wannabe Bears super fans. It's just, they all had mustaches. They all talked with a hard New York accent it just it felt like wannabe bear super fans to me
1: the Chalamet Davidson pair up I just wasn't
2: and it was all episode long I was so I'm also a Pete Davidson hater but same Same. anyway worst episode to me so let's bring it home with go ahead go ahead AJ I was was just
0: gonna say I I liked uh, I like I like Pete and and Tim's bromance it was weird initially and then when they finished the show at the sketch I was like yeah I like that I like the like you're, Timothy Chalamet had a had a security blanket the whole time.
2: You're killing the bit. That's what I'm. I'm <laughs> you're, you're Kyle killing Mooney. Bit. You're Sorry, gonna too. throw a beer at me really soon. I'm trying to make a new bit. Cut, cut to cut Kristen Wiggs episode. Uh, so uh, this was Dua Lipa, and I, I just found out who Dua Lipa was. She's apparently the person that's making all the music that I hear on the radio now. But that's great. yeah, I, Kristen Wiig, a nice warm introduction to christmas for us there alex moffat comes on as joe biden so we've officially transitioned out of jim carrey which i think we all agree is something we're excited for um i think the the monologue I, i really liked just because that's me in my life where she's making up her own lyrics to a few of my favorite things i do that all the time most of the times the songs are about my penis or what my dog's thinking or his poop but uh, I thought that was a pretty funny opening little monologue. What did you guys think about this episode in general?
1: Uh, I thought it felt like home. You know, it was just like uh, she brought back all some of the classic schedules that everybody wanted. She felt like a, a true SNL alum. I thought it was a a fine, a, a pretty good, I'd say the second best episode of the four.
0: Okay, AJ? Um, I was a little disappointed, I think. But I, it has more to yeah. do with the. F- well, uh, it's not even so much that they were high. I just, I think for Christmas episodes, I have a. Mm, yeah. Specifically for Christmas episodes, I think like that's where I want to see cameos, and wi- especially for somebody like Kristen Wiig coming back, like I, I want to yeah. see like a little more of your like greatest <clears throat> hits on yeah. uh, on a Christmas episode. You know what I mean? Because like, you can you can Christmas up any one of her characters and have it feel totally different. Because again, we're doing the Christmas episode and still just plug them in easily. And and it's a good way to like surprise people that they're coming out. Uh, yeah. I'm just standing on the total other side of the aisle from you guys across well, the board this month. Yeah, no, I get it. Cause it's like, you're, you're thinking, which one are they gonna go
2: with there? Are they gonna go with Tiny Hand Sisters for yeah. for a Christmas song? Are they gonna go with Garth, Garth and Cat on update? obviously they they could do target lady checking people out for the holidays or they obviously went with surprise sue um but you know they really that was the only regular character or old character that i i think she did uh i think in this episode the the christmas mom was probably the biggest hit out of any of the sketches we've talked about with my nice new robe and it's on sale and then the dog gets the fucking robe at the end. And I, I just thought that that song was so well done. That that was probably the funniest sketch we've had all year. Um, so I think that was a big win. Yeah. You know, I liked, um, I liked the Home Alone 2 sketch. Like okay. I thought that was just,
1: especially towards the end. Like, uh, I like, you know, she kind of broke towards the end when she was getting splattered in mm-hmm. like, fake blood. So I love that. Um, I also, she did bring back the, the password. That's an old character too. Oh,
2: okay. I, I don't yeah, remember that. I like character. that. Yeah, that's good.
1: But I wish, uh, I was hoping for Target Lady, you know, um, and I thought the, I just had finished Teach, a teacher on Hulu oh, and okay. I thought the, the teacher sketch was good. Just like, like the, not having the, any
2: of it. Yeah. The old school
0: black people I was like, what <laughs> are you
2: white people doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like now <laughs> I just missed my lunch.
0: Yeah. Just to hear limp little meaner was like i was like yeah <laughs> kristen Wiig's like yeah i used to work
2: at a prison where i fell in love with all the inmates and let them and let and released them so now i work here it's just the, the type of person that's gonna go have sex with their students uh yeah not, I, I never watched a teacher but i know the premise i thought that, yeah, that sketch yeah. was pretty good too grinch sketch missed for me unfortunately because it seemed like they put a lot of effort into that one with costuming and set
1: oh i hated that yeah
2: yeah, but, but overall, a, a decent episode and um, uh, introduction to our Christmas. I thought the Christmas mom one was, was, was a nice bit, so.
0: I don't know if any of you guys saw this. There was a, my actual favorite part of the episode was in the monologue. There was a one-off joke about Santa getting invited uh, to SNL and they just like cut over to like somebody in a Santa suit with like a gla- like a wine glass of eggnog and they walked off and like cut away and it just totally bombed <laughs> and it's like it was a total like nobody like knew Let's it was just a keep moving. Swing and miss keep it keep was moving. so great it was like the, my favorite thing just to like make this like one i Santa a joke cut to him he didn't it was like you know how like when they people cut in snl they like have their moment and then they go it yeah. was like cut and he ran away <laughs> he was like get me out of I'd here i want to get away from this like,
2: bit as far as possible he's killing the bit Killing it was a bit. It killed a bit. So let's let's wrap this up with uh, employee of the month. So this is cast members only. But who do you think had the strongest month? Dan Martin.
1: Uh, strongest month goes to Heidi Gardner. Oh. Um, you know, I thought she had some like real strong weekend update characters with the influencer, and I love the 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 millennial team Bailey Gizmer. Mm-hmm. Like the whole Forest Gump bit had me. Uh, she was also, like, the straight man in December to Remember.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: thought her cold-open Dr. Bricks was good as well.
0: Okay. I thought okay. she had a
1: strong fourth.
2: Nice. Uh, I I can support all of those, and and thank you for your nomination, Dan. AJ, who's your employee of the month?
0: Uh, mine was going to be Heidi as well. Um, but now that we're not doing it, since, since Heidi's already been chosen... I think I'm going to go with Beck. I think Beck was solid. Beck was, uh, showed up everywhere he needed to. He knocked it out of the park everywhere. Every time Beck touches the screen, I think Beck really kills it. I don't, and, and because he just like, everything is a character. There's no wasted space with that dude. He's going to make you laugh. And I think that is missing. That's one of the things that like, is hard to like teach. It's hard to manufacture and like, I wish the show had more uh, performers who, when they go out there, will not let you leave without thinking they're fun.
2: I I had Beck as well. I just love that December to remember bit. I love the, you, you forget that he's Pence getting the virus shot. He's, he's in every single, he's played multiple different people in the political sketches normally comes with a laugh. he, is he 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 does all the the little stuff and um I've just really enjoyed a, a lot of his sketches this time and been like man this is really becoming Beck Bennett's show they use him in almost yeah. everything in in some variety he's this utility man and and so he's he's my hardworking employee of the month and for best host uh or yeah, I'm gonna just for the sake of it's cultural impact. I'm going to say Dave Chappelle just for the 16 minutes. What about you, Dan? Bring it home.
1: I'm going to go Jason Bateman,
2: Bateman. for classic
1: SNL hosting.
0: Okay. AJ? I'm going to do a, a little bit of a shot of, out of left field, but I think I'm going to go with Tim Shaloman.
2: Okay. Ooh. The worst I episode every...
0: <laughs> Like, we, we've we already said we're on opposite sides of this. I think Tim Chalamet's episode is my favorite episode. Maybe Bateman was the other one who I would have said. I think if Dan hadn't said Bateman, I might have said that, but I okay. like that episode.
2: I uh, totally disagree with you, but everyone's <laughs> got opinion, just like their asshole. So, thanks guys for coming on. Appreciate it. Uh, we didn't even having. talk about
0: the asshole cake. Sorry, we didn't talk about the asshole cake. The
2: sketch was terrible. All
0: okay, right, everybody. Nice to say that. <laughs>
2: Thanks, Dan and AJ, for coming in. We'll talk to you guys next time. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Wash your hands. Stay safe. Bye. I'm the guy who nailed the bit. Nailed the bit. Nailed the bit.
1: And now that I've proven myself, I'm finally just one of the guys. Hey, Steve,
0: be relaxed. Think fast. Oh.
1: Oh, oh, all right, right, so I think I might just bounce.